Hi, welcome to the ministry of Prophet Daniel Jedu, a word and spirit based ministry because we are born of the word and born of the spirit. His God given mandate is to raise base in Christ into spiritual maturity by a deliberate teaching of the complete and pure word of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and to take the gospel to the nations of the earth. Prophet Daniel Jedu is the lover of the word and a passionate teacher of the word of God and his ministry is accompanied by strong teaching, healing and prophetic grace. All over the world, his teachings are boasting the faith of many people and revealing what the mind of God is for them. Many people have come to receive supernatural encounters through his ministry. The message you are about to listen to has been designed by God specifically to grow you into spiritual maturity. So many people have received testimonies by listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast. Say your testimony with us, leaving a write-up of it in the comment section. Or you can send it to us via email at contact at pdjministries.org. Now, Prophet Daniel Jedu walks us through the word. Stay tuned. Alright, Hebrews chapter 9. That is where we go to. Thank you, Jesus. So he says, now, in the first covenant, there were specific rules for worship, including a sanctuary on earth to worship in. So there was a sanctuary to worship in. Go on. When you entered, so he began to now describe the tabernacle or the sanctuary. He said, well, now when you entered the tabernacle, you would first come into the holy chamber where you would find the lampstand and the bread of his presence on the fellowship table. Go on. Then as you pass through the next curtain, you would enter into you enter the innermost chamber called the holiest sanctuary of all go back to verse 1 so he says now in the first covenant there were specific rules for what including a sanctuary on earth to worship in so the agenda of the sanctuary the, the the temple that was built was to worship and to worship in i want you to note that okay it was to worship and to worship in i'll bring something new into your understanding by the grace of god so i want you to focus on that one the rules for worship including a sanctuary on earth to worship in. To worship in. Now, you cannot understand the spiritual sanctuary if you don't know about the sanctuary that was upon the earth. So, it mean, what it means is that you must understand the sanctuary that was upon the earth. So, we will look at the sanctuary that was upon the earth. When I take you through, you can spend time praying and fellowshipping as it ought to be from every stage of the sanctuary. And if you, if you begin to use this one to pray, you can be in prayer for six hours without knowing. Because every one of them, remember, it was built, it was created for us to worship in. Now, when you follow how Christians worship, our worship songs, I won't have time to get into it. 
But when you study the way we worship God, it is fashioned along the sanctuary. Yeah. How it gets to a point where after worshiping and worshiping, all you get to do is that you begin to speak in tongues. You have gotten into the holiest. Oh, don't you remember? I'll enter his gates with thanksgiving in my mouth and I'll enter his courts with praise. You see? But we won't get into that. Let's get into the earthly sanctuary. Let's understand. Please give me your attention. Alright, go to Exodus chapter 25 from verse 1. Let's be quick. Exodus chapter 25 from verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, uh-huh, let's go. Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart ye shall take my offering. Can you see something? You see, the Bible teaches us who God is and how he is. He doesn't force anything from anyone. This one bit we are seeing here. So it is not different from Paul saying that God, you know, we should give to God out of a cheerful heart. He said, speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me, not you. They bring me, but God was not physically there to take the offering. But he said, tell them to bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart. Ye shall take my offering. So it means that there are some people that Moses would not have collected. Because they wouldn't have given out of a willing heart. Remember, God doesn't force people to do things. No wonder we are, we are under grace today. So he will not force you to come give your tithe. He will not force you to give your offering. He will not. He says, one that giveth willingly with his heart. He said, that one you shall take my offering. That's not my emphasis. I just saw it and I want you to see it. Verse 3. And this is the offering which ye shall take of them. Gold, silver, and brass. And blue, and purple, and scarlet, and fine linen, and goat's hair. And ram skin, dyed red. Do we have time to get into each one of these? And badger skin. You know the animal badger? Look for badger and show them. And badger skin and shitting wood. Do you remember shitting wood? Okay, go on. Onyx stones, stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. Uh huh. And let them make me what? A sanctuary that I may dwell among them. He didn't say I will dwell with them. I will dwell among them. Which means it's going to always be a meeting place. If I want to talk to them, I come and talk to them. I'm not going to dwell with them. I'm not going to stay with them. Can we know that? Alright. Go on. So make me a sanctuary. According to all that I show thee, afterward, the pattern of the tabernacle. And the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof. Even so, ye shall make them. So Moses and the people were going to fashion out something their eyes have not seen. 
but by revelation they were shown. That is why you must believe in revelation. You see, I keep telling, I was telling somebody that, do you know God can give you plan that is not revealed to any man, that is like 100 years to come. He said, ooh, I said, yes. Because see, all these things that God was showing them, they were patterns of the, of, of the future waiting for Jesus to come, yet they were shown. You must believe God for everything. You, want, you are doing business. Don't, you see, <clears throat> don't run your business like earthly people run their business. That is why you must fall in love with the Holy Spirit so he gives you ideas. The idea he will give you will be ideas that the world is about to see in the next 30 or 40 years. But you will start running the show now. When people get into that matter, you have been 40 years ahead. The Bible tells you God gives revelation. Yesterday we look at Aholiab and Bezaleel. Aholiab and Bezaleel. So God is showing them instruments. He is showing them all these amazing things. Okay. And they shall make me an ark of what? Shitting wood. Two cubits and a half shall be the length thereof. And cubit and a half shall be the breadth. And a cubit and a half shall be the height. Hmm. Can you see it? Go back. He said two cubits and a half. So two and a half cubit length. And a cubit and a half. One and a half breadth. And a cubit and a half height. What shape is this? When the breadth and the height are the same and the length is different, is what? Mini square. <laughs> so when you are studying the word of God and you get here, you can stay here for. <laughs> You'll be wondering why God is saying two and a half and then one and a half and one and a half. Two and a, one and a half and one and a half is what? It's three. Plus two and a half is five and a half, isn't it? Why is God talking about five and a half? 5.5 cubit. You see, when you understand the, the numbers in the word of God, it makes it clear. You, you get it. Okay, but I'm not here to do numbers. Let's go on. We are here to look at sanctuary. Some of the things I won't tell you. Come to the school of the word. Yes, Pay some thirty dollars and come. And thou shalt overlay it with pure gold. Within and without shalt thou overlay it, and shall make upon it a crown of gold run about it. Okay. And thou shalt cast forth rings of gold for it. I think we've read this before. I taught you this. Okay. Now. He began to share everything that they ought to do to build the sanctuary. Then at the end of the day, he showed them the real pattern of how the sanctuary ought to look like. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this pattern of the sanctuary, every one of them was a representation of Jesus Christ. Every one of them. What about Jesus Christ? It was for God to reveal his son who was yet to be revealed. For us to know that even though God loves his people, in those times, the love that God had for them was made possible because of his son. So I'm going to show you every one of them. So, 
they built the ark now the, sorry the, the, the sanctuary now the sanctuary is made up of three parts we have what we call the the outer court and then we have what we call the inner or the holy place and then we have the holiest of holies now this same scenario is what happened in exodus chapter 24 verse 10 verse 8 9 10 when God brought all the children of Israel under a mountain, then he called some up, and then he called only one person up. I will show you all these things. Are you with me? Yes, show us a picture of the full sanctuary so that people can appreciate where we are going to start from. So, this is the sanctuary. Are you with me? Yes, sir. Okay. So, all the Israelites are out here. If you don't have any offering to give, you stay out. So it means that it's not everyone that enters here. Now, you see this whole space or span? It has only one gate, one door. This one. It is because for the sake of drawing, it looks like this. But actually, it looks like this. So, the gate faces the east. Why this? Nobody else can enter into the court of the sanctuary without passing through that one gate. So, God was trying to tell them something. Because see, God is inside here, somewhere here. Now, everything they are doing here is going to be approved from here. If they jump this one, they are dead. <laughs> if they go to the back and jump, they are dead. They must go through the gate. Are you with me? Now, God did this to tell them that it takes only one way to come unto him. Jesus said, if anybody comes into the room through the window, he's a thief. He said, all must come through the door. And John chapter 14 verse 6, you remember what Jesus said? He said, I am the way, Right? That Jesus said unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now Jesus said boldly that he is the way. He is the gate. Now I showed you the story of the, uh, Noah. When the ark was built, remember, the door to the ark was also in the, in the east. was in the, the rib side. You remember? And it was only one small entrance. Nobody can enter into that place through any other means. So you see, God is telling a story by the Holy Spirit that it takes one place and one gate for a man to enter into God or get to, get to meet God. Jesus is the gate. It is not Muhammad. It is not, you know, Hindu. It is, it is none of those. None of them is a gate. 
None of them have come out to say, I am the door and I am the gate. It is only Jesus that came to say that he is the way. He is the door. Look at John, the same John chapter uh, 10 verse 9. John 10 9. Oh, the Holy Spirit is the, is, is, is the most amazing storyteller. Yes. I tell you. Look at it. He boldly said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter, if any man enter me, enter in, he shall be saved. And shall go in and out and find pasture. What, does, what is he saying here? I am the way unto salvation. I am the door unto salvation. I told you salvation is a place. Soteria is a place. Soteria is not a verb. What is a noun? So a place. So soteria is a noun. Sozo is a verb. So in in, in Soteria, Sozo takes place. In Soteria, the place of salvation, savings take place. People are saved in salvation. Can you say that? Now, for a man to be saved, the man must enter into a door. And that door is only one. There are no two doors. There are no two gates. There is only one gate. And surprisingly, why the gate was was fashioned at the eastward side because I told you that God sits in the place of the north but anytime he comes in he comes to the place of east now anybody that comes to God must come to the place of east that is where we meet him so the tabernacle show us oh I love Jesus and his boldness said I am the door I am the door since you started growing you have read history there is no nobody none of the prophets none of these people that claim they Nobody has ever said, I am the door. Nobody. Nobody has said that. If you believe in what you have, you are bold to say it. Jesus boldly said, I am the door. Ah. So you see, there is only one door. Don't forget about these people. You can see they are more than here. So once you have an offering to give, then you can go into the gate. That is what the psalmist said. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my mouth. Because he said, this is an, a sanctuary where they worship in. So everything they do from the, from, the, from the gate into the holiest of holies is all about worship. Now, prayer is a kind of worship. I hope you understand. The more you pray, the more you worship. Worship is not only in song. Because they never lifted up any song. Nobody sings there. They enter there. They have their animal, their bullock, or their goat, or their sheep. Whichever one that they qualify for. And they can enter. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my mouth. They must have something. Today your thanksgiving is not a physical animal. Your lips. The bullock of your lip. Can you see that? Now even though this is Old Testament... In the New Testament, there are things you do that represent this. And I'll show you. There is a man of God called Yongicho. Yongicho prayed six hours a day. Even when he was very old. And people were wondering, ah, as old as you are, he has time to pray six hours and he doesn't pray like you do. He doesn't pray. He He doesn't pray like that. 
You, you should hear him talk. He's a very soft-spoken person. And I found out how he prayed. He prays this. Every morning. That's, how, that's what he prays. He prays the gate. He prays the next thing. He will pray the outer court. And that one can take him like two hours. Then he can pray the inner court. That one can take him another two hours. Then when he gets into the holiest of holies, he prays another two hours or more. And you're wondering, it is difficult. It is not. You must appreciate, when you appreciate Jesus, when you appreciate the Holy Spirit and begin to have fellowship, you can do this and beyond. You must appreciate Jesus as the gate through which you have come to or you are come into. You must, you must spend some time there and appreciate that if he was not there, which gate would you have entered? You might have entered into a, a different gate that might not lead to salvation. Look at John 10, uh, 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 6. He says that I am the door. He says anybody that comes in there is saved. He's so sure about it. And if you are sure about it, if you are saved today, you must appreciate Jesus as the gate. On several occasions, he showed us in the book of Noah, Genesis chapter 7, 8, 9, he showed us that he is the door through which all come in and all go out. Here too, he's telling you, I am the door. By me, if any, any, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. He's sure about it. He shall be saved. If any man enter, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. He's telling you. Now, this is typical of the book of Noah. They went into the ark and they came out and they found, they found pasture. Remember, when they got in, every pasture was taken away. There was no grass. There was no tree. Everything died. But before they came out, the Bible says the bird had already gone ahead and spotted some, some green leaves and realized that there was pasture. That's what he's trying to tell you. You come into Christ, you find pasture. You don't come into Christ and go and find desert. That is why your life must be amazing. That's why you must understand and love the word of God. Oh, Jesus. Thank you for being that door. Thank you for being that gate. Thank you so much. Yeah. He boldly said it. What if he had not come? Remember I told you that it's not every door that is open for you that is for you. There are some doors. Hell, hell has a door. So does heaven. They are all called doors, gates. They are all called gates. Eh? But not every one of them is for you. But there is a gate that leads men unto salvation. And we are thankful to God that we have entered into that gate and we are saved. Thank you, Jesus. Say thank you, Jesus. If you don't appreciate this one, you can never spend time in prayer. It might look normal, like, like it's normal. I mean, I'm saved. Okay, show me the picture. I am doing this because in, in Hebrew chapter 9, which I'm supposed to take you through, he, he only mentioned the earthly tabernacle. Then he went into the holy place and the holiest of holies. Then he began to talk about the heavenly things. And I'm telling you, if you don't appreciate the earthly sanctuary, you will not appreciate Hebrews chapter 9, chapter 10, chapter 11. You won't. Because you must understand what it is. So now when you enter into the, the gate with your animal, you just don't go in there. There are priests 
there. Now, first of all, these priests, they, they would sacrifice animals for themselves before you come. So when you also bring your sacrifice, they will collect your animals and then they will lead you into sacrificing the animal. Now, you get here, you can see blood all over. Now, this one is called the brazen altar. The brazen altar. Now, the brazen, the word brazen is from the word brass. And brass in the Bible stands for judgment. What it means is that it is the place of judgment or it's the place where judgment takes place. Now, remember that these people are sinners and they are coming to a God to present a sacrifice, a worship, looking forward that their sacrifice will be accepted. Now, there are things to do. When you understand it, you understand what Jesus went through. Now, at the place of the brazen altar, what happens there is that the priest will lead the animal, I mean the, the sinners, to do what we call the transfer of sin and the transfer of innocence. Now remember, the animals that they are bringing, they have been prescribed by God that they are holy, they are clean, there is nothing wrong with them. So there is a man that is full of sin. But yet, note that this sin is part of their nature. And so whatever they are even coming to do is not going to clean it forever. They are going to receive what we call atonement just for one year. So what will happen is that when they bring the animal, the priest will cause them to put their hand on the head of the animal. Okay? Now, when they put their hand on the, on, on the head of the animal, in the spirit, the sins of the man shall be transferred onto the animal and the innocence of the animal shall be transferred onto the man. Now, here, the animals here, all the sacrifice that they brought was a representation of Jesus Christ. For the Bible says that for he knew no sin, but he was made sin for us. You see, Jesus is the Lamb of God. You remember, I told you about the seven seals. The day Jesus was about to take the seven seals, we got to know him as the Lamb throughout. When Jesus appeared and John saw him, he said, this is the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. So Jesus was known as the Lamb. Now, if he is known as the Lamb, then he must be brought to the brazen altar. Can you see that? Yes, so Jesus was brought to the brazen altar. What was the brazen altar? The cross. On the cross is the place of sacrifice. Ladies and gentlemen, it was on the cross that the transaction took place. The sins of all humanity were transferred unto Jesus. And the Bible says, and him who knew no sins, all his innocence and righteousness were also transferred unto all humanity, made available. It's called grace. 
So the Bible says that the grace of God which brings salvation has appeared. And every man that comes into the grace receives the righteousness. The right standing which is of Christ. Is that okay? Alright. So this is the brazen altar. Now imagine when they transfer the innocence look at the time it's going to consume. Imagine you have 100 people waiting. They must attend to one after the other. You must do the transferring. When you are done, depending on the day, whether it is morning and day or night, because the sacrifices were made in the morning and in the night. Okay? If it is um, just a sin offering, then the animal takes the, the sins of the man and is being led into the wilderness and is made to go. So the lamb will take away the sin. Here cometh the lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Okay? If it is night, David said, let the lifting up of my hands be what? An evening sacrifice. Now, the evening sacrifice is where the animal that has received the sins is now killed, slaughtered. And then it's being chopped and placed. You can see it's a net. And he's been put on this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what Jesus went through. This is what Jesus went through. On the cross, you saw him on the wood. But in the spirit, Jesus was sacrificed like this. Judgment. He received, this is the place of judgment. He received the judgment, the full judgment of God. The full wrath of God's, I mean, the fullness of God's anger <laughs> was poured upon him. You can imagine. And everything. So now when they do this, the people that bring the, the animals, that is where they end. So the priest the, the priest will now go on to the next level. Now they go on to show us. They will go to here. Okay. Okay. It's called the bronze lava. It is like it's like a big bowl like that. Is there? This one. So it's a big one. It's called the bronze lava. Now it contains water. What happens here? After the sacrifice had been taking place on the altar of sacrifice, it doesn't end there. They still must be washed. So the priest who will enter into the holy place will begin to wash their hands and wash their feet well so that they can be holy and enter into the holy place. If they dare enter the holy place with some stain on them, they are dead. They are dead. Look, oh, why would they clean themselves? Because they are dealing with people who are sinners coming in. 
So they will help you kill your animal. They will do whatever. When they are done, this should shock you. Why is it that they have killed their animals? Yet they are not allowed to go beyond to the holy place. It is only the priests who are allowed to go to the holy place. And even for them, the priest, before they go to the holy place, they must wash their hands clean and they must wash their feet very well in the lava before they can move on. What does it mean? Hmm? What does it mean? Let me show you a typical one in Exodus chapter 24, maybe from verse 8. Exodus chapter 24, verse 8. Okay. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it upon the, on the people and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant which the Lord hath made with you concerning all these words. Uh-huh. Then he said, Then went up Moses, Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and 70 of the... Let's start from verse 5. Okay. And he sent young men of the children of Israel, which offered burnt offerings, and sacrificed peace offering of oxen unto the, Lord, unto the Lord. And Moses took the blood and put it on, put it in a base, put it in basins, and half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar. And he took the book of the covenant and read in the audience of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has said, we will do and be obedient. This is where the ten, this is what God got, got angry and the Ten Commandments came. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, behold, the blood of the covenant which the Lord had made with you concerning all these words. Then went up Moses, Aaron, Abihu, 70 of the elders of Israel. Now, they were on a mountain. Now, at the base of the mountain were all the Israelites that came from Egypt. All of them. Now, when Moses began to give, um, sprinkle the blood, the sacrifice and everything, only a few of them, 70 plus, had to move from where the majority were to the next level. Can you see that? So, all of them and then only 70 plus. And something happened there because God was about to show them a different dimension of spirituality. Now, when they were all down there, they didn't see God in a revelation like those who went upwards. And they saw the God of Israel. And there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of sapphire stone. And as it were, a body of heaven in its cleanness. And the nobles of the children of Israel, he laid not his hands. Also, they saw God and did eat and drink. Go on. And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me into the mount and, th and be there. And I will give thee tables of stones and the law and commandments which I have written that thou mayest teach them. Hold on. Now, there are thousands of the Israelites. Then God 
took only a part of it. So you can see the outer court. And you can see the holy place. Then Moses was the only person that was qualified to go to the holiest of holies and meet God face to face and collect it. Now this is what happens. When God wants to take you on a journey of spirituality, we are all his children. When you begin to fellowship with God, fellowship with the Holy Spirit, he separates you. Now remember the statement God said, he said, come up onto the mountain and be there. The statement and be there is a statement of fellowship and what we call sanctification or separation. Now, God would like to separate you from amongst your friends. He would like to separate you from among people to the next level. See, when you start fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, nobody will tell you. In fact, it will just happen. You realize that you, you, stop, you stop moving with friends. If you, if you are still working with friends a lot, going here, going here and there, you are still at the outer court. You are still on the outer court. Because in the outer court, that's where everybody is. All matters are there. But there is a separation. You realize that now your prayer life is increased. Now your fellowship life has increased. Now you're, you know, you always want to be alone. You, when it sits out for a long time, not be be yell. You want to be an, and then you, you see yourself speaking in tongues. But once in a while, you just mingle small and you come out or you are then you move from that second level to the third level in the holiest of holies where you now want to be with God. Nothing moves you. Nothing is so exciting. And you can be with God for hours because he said, move into the mountain and you must get to the level where you are be there. You see, if you don't have such a life, it means you are a com- even though you are in Christ, you are a commoner among the children of Christ. You must be separated unto him. God always wants to have you. I know what I'm saying. He always wants to have you for himself. When you get to this level, that is where you see God. That is where you encounter God. That is where God can speak to you face to face, mouth to mouth. God never spoke to Moses face to face, mouth to mouth, when he was with the 70 and when he was with the thousands. But when he was alone, the Bible says that and God spoke with him. Now listen, when God was done speaking with Moses, he was old, yet he was able to be with God without food and without water for 40 good days and 40 good nights. Now when Jesus came to, Jesus was baptized, the first thing he ever did in his spiritual life was to introduce separation to us. The first thing the Holy Ghost led him to do is a sign to show us that this is what God likes. Separation. 40 days, 40 nights. And, and Moses was with God. Talking to God. Seeing God. Listen, the Bible says that he brought the situation of heaven onto the mountain. Moses was able to encounter the situation of heaven. He could speak to Moses. He said, is there any prophet amongst you? I, the Lord, I'll speak to him. I'll show myself to him in vision and I'll speak to him in dreams. But not so with my servant Moses. For my servant Moses, I speak to him face to face and mouth to mouth like a friend speaks to a friend. So there is a level in your spiritual life where God wants to speak to you like a friend. Now, when a man has stayed with God, when Moses came down, he was coming down like to himself like a normal man. 
but the rest of the people didn't see a normal man any longer. They saw a man whose face was shining like the sun. And the Bible says, and they all couldn't behold him. Now Moses had to, in fact, Jesus compared the glory, the, the shining, the brightness of his face. He compared it to the glory of Christ. Literally, Moses carried God's glory on his face. Now no man could look at, spend time with God and see him. You come out a different man. Spend time with God. You, you spend time with God and you come out and not, uh, you know, all the natural things around you flees. You can't be with God and ever remain the same. Are you with me? So all these stories and uh, that the Holy Spirit is showing, it has a whole lot of connotations. And that is what the Holy Spirit is bringing out to us. Okay? All right. So you can see the outer court, the inner court here in Exodus chapter 24. Verse. Can I show you another one? You see, Jesus called a lot of disciples. There were many. Right? But at the end of it, he called 12 out of them. Is that correct? Now, out of the 12, he also called three. But out of the three, it was only one that he took to heaven to see the things of heaven. John. That is how God works. Listen, you must be willing to say, Lord, separate me. Now, it's not only by mouth. I taught you, I've been, I've been talking about this since Monday. Start talking to the Holy Spirit. Start building that fellowship, that koinonia. Talk to him. Sing to him. Talk to him. You think you are wasting time. You are not wasting time. You are preparing to live among commoners. And enter into the next phase of your life. See, when you enter into the next phase of your life, everybody will know something is around you. Something has happened to you. When you enter into the second phase of your life, ladies and gentlemen, I will show you what is in the holy place. There are amazing things that happen there. There are things you stop praying about. Because in that place, this man has encountered some things of God. In the second place, you have not encountered God, God. But you have encountered the patterns of God. And something changes about you. Alright, so at the, God, at the bronze lava, the priests will wash themselves. Why would they wash themselves? After you, a man, after Jesus has died at the brazen altar on the cross for you, you shouldn't keep being there. You must continually be washed. And we are washed by the word of God. As you, Listen, you have no idea. As you are sitting here listening to the word of God, you are being washed by the word. What it means is that after the salvation, after the, the, the brazen altar, after the sacrifice on the cross, you must go to the next phase. So you can't tell me you are saved, you are sitting at home. You can't tell me you are saved, you are not listening to the word of God, you are not, no, 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 no. After you are saved, what do you do? You have entered the gate. You have gone to the brazen altar. The sacrifice has taken place. And here, remember, it is not you that were put on the altar. It was Jesus that was put on the altar for your sake. Now, because Jesus has died for you and has taken your place, does not mean that that ends it. You must keep getting washed by the word. 
Show me Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 to 27. You read the word of God. You hear messages. You read the word of God. You hear messages. Do you know what is happening to you? You are being washed by the word. <laughs> you cannot encounter. You, see, you cannot. You cannot play in the holiest of in the holy place when you are not washed by the word. You cannot. He said, "Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church, and gave Himself for it." So He gave Himself for it. Now, after giving himself for it, he said that he might sanctify and cleanse it. Cleanse who? Go back again. Husbands, love your wives. Even as Christ has, Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. This is the first time I saw the church being referred to as an it. Of course, you are before the Lord. What do you think? That he might sanctify and what? cleanse it with what? The washing of the water by the word. So Jesus gave himself for you. Not to sleep at home. He gave himself for you. So that he can be washing you by the water of his word. That is why you must be coming to church and be listening to the word of God. As I am teaching in the spirit, it's water of the word that is washing you. It is washing you. As you are studying the word of God at home, as you are listening to tapes, messages, it is the word of God that is washing you because you have moved from the place of the brazen altar to the bronze lava. Can you see that? You are being washed by the word. You are being washed by the word. So you are there. You don't go to church to listen to the word of God. You don't read the word of God. Even though you are saved, you are not washed. You are not allowing the scripture. He said that he might that he might. He said he gave himself for the church. Can you see this? Let, let, stop writing. Let's get it. Let's get it. The reason why you stay at home when there is church, there's an opportunity for washing and you are home. But when a man of God says carry water, let me wash your feet. You, I don't get it. Or I say come, let's go to the beach. Let me wash you. Or let me go to the river. Let me wash. You think people don't go? Oh, the washing by the word. Look, he told the disciples, he said, ye are washed by the word. He said, ye are washed by the word. The word of God washes you. It washes you. As you are sitting down, you have no idea. It is, look at you, you are getting cleaner and cleaner. Look, if you have utensils, it's, it's clean already. But the more you, 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 use, you shine it, the brighter it becomes. You see, the more you listen to the word of God, and the more you are washed... See, you are not washed by just anything. No. You are washed by the water of the word. You are washed by the water of the word. You, you, you have no idea what is happening. You are being prepared to another phase. You want to encounter God, but you are not getting washed. How then do you get encounter with God? You must be washed. Now, this washing deals with your conscience. Because you see, all these guys, as they were being they were receiving this sacrifice upon the brazen altar, etc., they still had the same consciousness in their head. And today, there are believers today who are saved. Still, they have sin consciousness. They still think they are not worthy. They still think if they die, they won't go to heaven. They still think God doesn't like them too much, or the Holy Ghost has separated them. You know, there is a conscience in their head. So when you come to church and the message, please, is not every teaching that washes. It is the teaching of, he said, I gave myself for them that I may sanctify and cleanse them. This is the message of grace or sanctification. 
Can you see this? It is not the story. The story of Noah does not sanctify except you start talking about Jesus in the story. The story of Elijah does not sanctify anyone. It doesn't. Let me show you why. Okay. If it does sanctify the conscience of people, why do people read Elijah's story? They read Jesus' story, yet they want to become more like Elijah than Jesus. They also want to call down fire. Because Jesus never called down fire. You read Jesus' story, see amazing things he did. Even his birth. This, this man was a man of miracle right from his birth. Miracle birth. Miracle dodging of, of, of killing. <laughs> you know, throughout, until he, he himself began to work out the miracle, etc. Yet, people will read Elisha. People will read Jeremiah. People, and they want to become like Jeremiah. When he says, who do men say that I am? They attributed him. They, 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 they said you, you are, they say you are Elijah. Some say you are this prophet. Some, they never saw him as the Christ. And you think it is different today? You go to a church, Jesus is least preached. You will hear Jesus, but about 20%. The rest is about the Old Testament. It's about these old guys. I'm not saying don't preach them. I, I talk about them. But their stories are not about them. Their stories are, is, is about Jesus. They came to talk about Jesus. They came to point onto Jesus. So don't look at them. Just look at where they are pointing to and follow where they are pointing to. Isaiah wrote about Jesus. Yesterday we read, we saw Malachi. Malachi came to talk, talk to him about Jesus. That he was. He's the angel of what? Of the new covenant. He was telling about us, uh, us about the covenant that was coming. Isaiah was talking to us about the Holy Ghost as the angel of what? Of his presence. Everything talking to us about it. When we go into the holiest of holies, or the holy place, we will see it there. So staying at home, you are not doing anybody. Staying at home, whilst there is service, you are doing yourself. You are preventing yourself from being washed. Yeah. The word of God is like water. That's what is happening in the spirit. Though. That's why I'm saying, I could say something and you're like, wow, whoosh. Something is happening. There is a washing. There is cleansing in the mind. Some conscience is being cleared off. Neil was sharing with me, a man of God that listened to one of my messages, just a portion of the message where I said, you, you, must, not, you, must, not, you must not allow yourself to be sick. When you are sick, put your hand there and say, get out, heal yourself. That portion of scripture washed the man's mindset. He, he received the water of the word. He was telling me, he's on the healing. I like it. And he's been quoting it. He's asking, he's bringing, he got an encounter with the word of God and he washed his conscience. Look, there are, there, are, there are thousands of believers whose mind has not been washed. Not because they are not going to church. The one here does not understand this. So we preach because we think this is what the people like. Financial this, this, that. You can, you can give it a topic, but make sure Jesus is the center. The more you teach Jesus in there, the more their minds over wealth, you know, begin to increase. We just read when God said, God was showing them the things they should use. Gold, silver. Who tells you that God is, is, God approves of you becoming wealthy. Have so much so that he can use you. Do you remember the man that was impotent for 38 good years? 
Even when Jesus was standing in front of him, saying, do you want to be made whole? Like the guy's conscience is, is trouble. He likes trouble and problem. He says, ah, me, I want to go to the place. Nobody's there. People are stepping on my toes. Nobody wants to come. Do you want to be made whole? I'm sure you will look at Jesus. Master, I like violence, eh? <laughs> oh, Jesus. But there was another man that was chasing after Jesus. The blind uh, uh, Bartimaeus. Jesus, son of David, heal me. Jesus, son of David, heal me. Ah, Jesus heard the voice and said, bring him unto me. He said, see. And the man began to see. There are two different people. I pray that you allow the word of God to wash your mind. Some people can never be walk in health until their mind is washed by the water of the word. Until they know that because of the communion, because of what they can, they should not be sick. They should have control over their body. Some people can never be wealthy, even though they are born into wealth, until they wash that part of their mind. So the more you hear God's word, that is why as a preacher, you must not decide what to teach the people. You must allow the Holy Spirit to tell you because he knows what he's going to wash out of the mind at every meeting. You don't teach what you want. You don't. The best times I think I teach well is when I don't have any topic to talk about. Then I look like an instrument. I say, you speak. And he's talking. When you give me topic, you have hurt me. Because we have to be in there. He might sanctify. So he died. After the brazen altar, the next place is what? The washing. Don't dodge the washing. Because without the washing, you can't enter into the holy place. You You want to see angels. You want to have encounters. But you are not washed. I'm telling you, you think seeing angels are... If an angel reveal himself right now, you will flee. Because your mind must be washed off fear. Fear must be washed out of your mind. You must have revelation about angels. Who they are. Today people still see angels as they see them in the Old Testament. Under the Old Testament, they were above us. And they controlled us. They didn't have any mercy on us. In the New Testament, the story changed. The Bible says that are these angels not ministering spirit sent forth to speak for those who shall inherit salvation. They have come to be our messengers. We now sent them. Can you see that? Alright. So show me, the, show me the thing again. Okay, let me show you another scripture. We've read Ephesians 5, right? Alright, Hebrews 10.22 Oh, look at it. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having what? Sprinkled from an evil and our bodies. So what's the water? The water of the word. So your bodies must be washed. Your conscience must be dealt with. Every evil must be taken out. Maybe you have planned that as you go home, there's somebody you are going to deal with. But the word of God comes and it begins to wash that thing out of your heart. It cleanses it. And then you are here and you are like, hmm. Then some love will enter into your heart. The love that is shed abroad in your heart will begin to bubble. Then you know, 
how much you love that person but there are some mistakes but you look beyond the mistakes and love the person then you want to take your phone and text and say i'm sorry i'm sorry i'll see you tonight okay when i come home we'll talk about the matter something has washed you off something please allow the word allow the word reason why you must invite people to church is because you have no idea who has evil intentions about you when you take them to church they are sitting next to you they are, they are the same person that are about to hurt you they are the same pers- people that are recording their conversations they are the same people that have made their, their mind to blackmail you to put something in your food for you or you haven't seen some before Yeah, my friend, you're my friend. Don't you see? You saw it you see in social media. My friend, my friend. Yes, your drink. Then he's putting. What kind of hatred is that? When you take this person to church, in his mind, as he's listening to the word, you haven't told the pastor anything. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, the word of God is active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Even to the dividing of the bone and the marrow, the soul and the spirit. And in knows, is able to discern He's a discerner of what? And the intent of the heart. So as the word of God is coming, Charlie, the word of God has entered the heart. And speaking about, he said, hey, have you gone to tell the pastor about anything? Did you report me? Did you? No, no. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joint and marrow. You know marrow? Joint and marrow? Do you know the marrow is where, that's where your black, red blood cells are, are produced? Now, look at it. The scientists say that the bone is in the marrow and the marrow is in the bone. But the Bible says that the word of God is able to divide it. But originally, the marrow covers the bone and the bone is also in the marrow. But the Bible says that the word of God is able to divide it. How is he able to divide it without problems? Go and ask Adam when he pulled Eve out of him. And he says, and he's also able to divide the soul and the spirit. A man is a spirit and has a soul. How God will divide it is amazing. But that is not enough. He said this same word of God is a discerner. When we're at the other place, they will go and evangelize out there and then they will say, we met this guy, very radical. They say they have questions. Pa, and sometimes they will ask them questions that sometimes they will not be able to answer. Then they will say, come to our father. So the people are like, okay, we will come, we will come. Then they will prepare and then they will come. When they come, you can see from their faces that they are coming to see if you know something. They will be at the back there. Me too, I don't even know. They have not told me anything. I will just be teaching the word and teaching the word. Then now, you see them. When the word of God deals with you, eh? when or you know, then they are sitting down, they are shaking their head. Now, if I say amen, when they finish, they ask him, ah, let's go and see that. Oh, no, no. He's, he's answered every question. <laughs> Meanwhile, I have not spoken to them. I don't know what their matters are. There was a guy that says he has about 100 questions. He said, I have answered every one of them. And me too, I don't know him. If you didn't show me that it was this guy, I wouldn't have known it was him. But the word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. 
You think you can hide against God? Thank you for listening to this message we believe you have been blessed by it we are word and spirit and we invite you to worship with us you will fall in love with our wednesday teaching service christian raymond night at 6 p.m encounter the supernatural in our prophetic service on friday at 6 p.m and sit under the reign of heaven in our Vanessa service on sunday at 8 a.m Follow the Prophet of God on his official Facebook page, Prophet Danny-L Jedu, and on Instagram at Prophet Danny-L Jedu. For videos, you can subscribe to his YouTube channel. To receive our weekly newsletters, please subscribe to www.pdgministries.org. You can contact Word and Spirit International on plus 233-54722-1773 or plus 233-54937-7290 or plus 233-50432-8959 or plus 233-27510800. So many people have received testimonies by listening to these podcasts. Now, if you are one such person, share your testimony with us by leaving a write up of it in the comment section or send it to us via email to contact pdgministries.org you were made to live from glory to glory and your testimony is about to shake the world you are blessed Victory in my-